poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. As always, this is your host, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is Tuesday, which is a very tactical day. John, how you doing, sir? Doing well. Uh, learned our lesson from last week. Don't record on Sundays because the Titans are not a good team. And all the, all the hand breakdowns will be salty. If we... oh, yeah, I'm feeling a little saltier after you said that. Just like, hmm... <laughs> It's true though, and you can't, you, you know, the data says <laughs> that the Titans are awful, and I can't uh, dispute that as of yet. Maybe throw, after throw, a larger sample size, I don't know. I don't, what prediction could I possibly have? For the regular season record. The regular season record at this yeah. point, like after week one? Yeah. I would say there's 17 games this year. I would say that, you know, eight, and nine eight and nine oh, that's not too bad. seven and ten i would say would that's my expectation on on the high end maybe they win like maybe they go ten and seven yeah squeak into a wild card game or something maybe still have a shot at the playoffs with, with a record like that right i mean what if the cardinals are just like the nuts this year like what if the cardinals just like are one of the best teams in the nfl that that could be true too i mean like i said last week i'm pretty sure they're the worst team in their division so Last year, no, clearly. no. This this year, I'm. Do you think they're going to be better than the Niners, the the Rams, and the or the Seahawks? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, this is a Titans fan holding on to whatever hope he can find. I've only seen them play one game, and they played very well. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, Kyler Murray is a freaking animal, and their defense, like their defensive line, is like really good and. How did we do this? Where are we at? We're at a tactical Tuesday right show. now. We're, this is a football, um, football strategy show. Yes, anyway, I'm holding, I'm a, holding on couple. to any hope um, that the Titans might be above average. All right. Well, we got a couple river bluff catching spots queued up for, uh, for the viewers today. Get started with this one. I, uh, these are <clears throat> both hands that I played uh, pretty recently at, at 1KNL. Um, and, you know, like I said, I got put in... Uh, Put in a couple spots on the river. Uh, this hand starts with a under the gun open. I three bet this from middle position, uh, and under the gun calls. What hand do you have, John, for the podcast listener? Queen, red queens, queen of diamonds, queen of hearts. All right, two queens. Also, depth pre flop. We are exactly one hundred big blinds deep, so that's pretty yeah. easy. Nice. So, king of diamonds, king of clubs, five of spades on the flop, king, king, five, rainbow. Uh, under the gun checks. I am C betting range on this flop for a small size. Uh, so, I bet $56 into $175. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about here. Not really. Uh, I mean, just range bet makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. Um, and I get called. The turn is the six of hearts uh, under the gun checks again. And uh, I decide to check back. Um, 
could maybe have a discussion, I think, here about like whether there's any merit to betting the turn with this hand. How are you structuring your bluffs? Like, I assume, you know, ace-queen would probably be your primary bluff here. Yeah, I think ace-queen would be uh, one of my bluffs for sure. I think queen-jack would definitely be another one. I think there's kind of like, there's two ways to go with just like my the entirety of my range on these sorts of paired boards. Uh, one is just to, like, I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, so... Like one like very common line that I take on paired boards is is the stop and go line where I uh, just check the turn with close to range and then just bet rivers with both bluffs and value. Um, maybe for different sizes <laughs> with my bluffs that I do with my value. Um, I think another option here uh, could just be to um, <laughs> bet only bluffs. <clears throat> excuse me, bet only bluffs on the turn and and plan on like tripling off and like check back like I don't know some value hands like this one that um i don't know queens is weird because like i can definitely get called by worse on on this turn it's just like is it better to get called on the turn by those hands or like maybe get called slightly more often on the river for maybe a larger size um well yeah i i, I guess I think, like what i'm saying here is like i don't have a great <laughs> well, i i think you're probably just mixing based on something arbitrary like you're you're just you're mixing based on the situation as it develops i guess and like this is like a you know it's a tight formation pre-flop three butt pot you see about the flop i'm with you there on the turn i guess i guess it boils down to like villain doesn't have a ton of value here right like their range is like king queen suited that's their value and then they also have jacks tens and nines and eights ish something like that yeah maybe they have like yeah, for their bluff yeah. catchers, they have like backdoor, backdoor ace queen suited, mm -hmm. some something like that. Even though we blocked that pretty hard, yeah. um, so like ace queen of clubs, ace queen of spades. Uh, so, I think their range is it's pretty well defined, and I, I guess the decision for me would hinge on how I think villain expects me to play my bluffing strategy, and if villain expects me to just go like bet 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 with you know, my natural bluffs like ace queen, and then they call down with their bluff catchers, then I think bet, bet, bet outperforms bet check. If you think villain's going to overfold uh, like jacks and tens to a turn bet here, then I would prefer to check back and then play rivers accordingly. But it's really based on population and how, you know, how they're going to play their turn strategy. Okay. So I, if I had to like kind of just answer what I think would be like the most effective. Like if, if my goal here was to fold out jacks, I think I would go bet, bet, bet or bet, bet jam. Um, we need to talk about that because th let's think about how, how villains range is set up here, right? Like they're, they're in a bind. Like they're, they're really in a bind if they have jacks because that's close to top of range for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's close to for sure. Yeah. It's close to top of range. I mean, the actual top of range would be king-queen suited, but yeah. It's close. I mean, maybe they have aces too that they flat with, right? This is another one of those reasons why like flatting pre with aces is sometimes really good because then you can have more more value. But on this board, like they have a bunch of bluff catchers and, and it's kind of like a game of chicken at this point, right? It's like, right, right. are they comfortable folding out their range to multiple bets or are they just going to call down with you know their best bluff catchers? Right, um, right. 
And I'm actually not sure. I I think that there are a lot of players that may just call down with jacks specifically just because they don't block ace queen, which is like a hand that we're that's in our bluff range. And, you know, we have ace king and we have aces in our value bet strategy, but they may not they may not think that we have queens in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, Still, I'm on the ignition. It's going to be tough to know like which exactly which type of player we're going up against. Then, like I don't know, my... it has to be data. It has to be data analytics based on the pool. I mean, right. you, you're not going to figure this out in real time. This is like stuff that you research before you play your session. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, again, like again, if I just had to guess, like what the pool is doing, I would guess that they're likely overfolding jacks on the turn or the river. Um. And so I would, if I was bluffing, I would just bomb three streets okay so i check back the turn the river is eight of clubs uh for the podcast listener i guess the board is now king king five six eight no flush no flush on the board under the gun checks again and um i have a decision whether to go for value or not um i I think i'm always going to be betting queens on the river here once it turn and river go check check Definitely a question as to sizing. Um, do you have like a, a preferred size that you'd go in the spot? Um, my preferred would be small. I think like bluff catchers, once we check back, bluff catchers are just going to call a small bet. Um, and, and it also opens the door that they could turn their bluff catchers into bluffs and check raise. Uh, they're less likely to do that against a big bet. Interesting. So trying to induce the check raise and like get called by probably even hands as weak as like ace jack or something some of the time. Um, I well, thought that- I think ace, I, I think ace jack's not a great bluff catcher here. I think their bluff catchers would be like jacks, tens, nines. Oh, so Maybe I, th- ace, I, was queen, tar- I was targeting those hands as well. And I thought that those hands would call a bigger bet than like a third or like a block size on the river. I thought like jacks, tens, nines, once turn goes check, check, they're just going to feel like they just have to call, you know, up to two thirds. Um, yeah, that's possible too. That's yeah. that's a fair point. Um, okay, I mean, again, I, I think the major problem here is like this formation preflop is so tight that you you both of you just have so few combos of hands to work with here yeah. that like it's yeah. very it's it's really <laughs> difficult here. You know, like we talked about, I, I think it was in last week's Tactical Tuesday about having like a low number of combos with a high SPR. This is like one of those spots pre-flop that sets itself up perfectly for that, where you have not, you have very few combos here once you like defend pre and then call the flop bet. And so you have like a low availability of bluff catchers. You have a low availability of value um, and a low availability of bluffs. And that's just kind of problematic all around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, that speaks a lot to you, you know, bringing up the point that like it might be reasonable the flat aces um, as an under the gun player facing the three bet, just so that like, you know, the top of your range isn't like a bluff catcher that you don't want to put money in with, and like you actually get you actually have a stronger top of range than. Uh, There's a lot of value in maintaining aces in your preflop range in spots like this, where, yeah. I mean, you're just, you're, you're struggling, right? If you had aces, it'd be like happy days. You know, you would, you would feel much better than just having like, you know, king, queen suited and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I go for the two thirds on the river targeting the jacks, tens, nines, 
part of his range. And not I, I think I like your two thirds. I, I think okay. you're you're right. Um Especially when we block Ace Queen, right? Like that's Yeah. I, mean, I don't mean, know if they call it Ace Queen, but like if that is like one of their bluff catchers that like might call the third and the other ones do call the two thirds when we when it's very unlikely that they have them, let's just go for the the likely portion of the range. But I think it's actually like it's true on the river, but I think it was true on the turn too. And I, like my intuition tells me that going bet bet jam is like will outperform bet check bet. With queens, oh, with queens yeah. specifically, because queens blocks king queen, and that's like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see that in a second. So I bet the two thirds and get it ripped in my face by. Hey, really we, you got the money in. Congratulations. <laughs> How does it feel? So I, I'll be honest. Like, I was like, before I put the two thirds in, I remember like being conscious that like okay this could happen and like what am i going to do facing facing jam on yeah, the look river? at that you're oh. pro- progressing from past yeah, tactical well, tuesdays I learned, I learned how to think like one step ahead <laughs> this oh, was like, like half a step ahead or something. yeah this was like 10 or 15 tactical tuesdays ago it's coming back to me yeah yeah um and like i don't know just i think uh especially like in the 1k pool and when you're playing against tougher regs and, and this guy has over 81 hands um definitely appears to be a pretty solid reg. He's playing 30, 20, 27, 20, maybe a little bit on the aggro side, uh, is that like, you just like, you just have to be like ready for this stuff to happen. I think like people are going to have protected ranges, um, you know, even in their check down lines, people are going to try to take advantage of, uh, maybe the fact that they think that you're capped, um, you know, when you take a certain line. And so one of the things that I, really that really hinged on me or one of the things that my <laughs> river bet really hinged on was um the fact that i have two queens and i block at least like one combo of king queen suited my suits are not like amazing like i would rather not have the queen of diamonds and maybe have like the queen of spades so that i block both king queen of hearts and king queen of spades and they just can't have any king queen suited combos at that point but um, we, live, we don't live don't, in a perfect world you know yeah yeah just like my opinion on the way that like regs structure their uh, preflop ranges at the one key pool is that like ace king would for sure be a four bet um, in this situation preflop, and then king jack suited and king ten suited would be uh, would also be very very often four bet um, as uh, you know very common four bet bluffs. Um, so when I block like the strongest value that they have that they would play in this way, uh, maybe other than pocket eights, um, I think. That made me just like way more comfortable going for a bet, and then well, they only uh, have one combo, king queen of yeah. spades, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, they so, only have one combo of king queen of spades, and and um, with that one combo, they're gonna bet sometimes on the river for value right. themselves. So like, it's not even a full true one combo. Um, right, right. Yeah. So I think like you just have to bet. It's not even a question of whether right. or not to value bet on the river. Yeah, and I just I, like I just wanted to say that like you know Queens is sort of like the nut hand in my mind to like go for this size and like go for you know even a river bet like if, if I had like jacks or tens even I, I would be like way more. Aces? Yeah, that's like that's 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 a really good point. Like aces, jacks, tens, like in terms of like blocker properties are like not great. Like we really want to be blocking like the king queen suited when we face a check raise. I think. Um, and so, like, yeah, with with those three hands, I would be like way more tentative about going for uh going for a river bet of this size. Would you have bet the turn with aces, or would you have been more tempted to bet the turn with aces? 
No. I think I would have just likely checked back a lot of my okay. almost all my value on the turn. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure maybe there's a listener in the audience or on the watcher on the YouTube channel that like would bet their aces here. And like effectively, I think Queens is better than aces in this spot because right. of ace, just, this, four bet. Yeah, ace king's getting four bet and blocking king queen is like real nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um you get jammed on and and villains defense, I guess they have uh maybe like seven combos of value. Sixes and eights. Oh, six. Ugh, I wasn't giving them sixes as a flat, flatting the three about preflop under the gun and under the gun plus one. I was, I was going to give them four combos with king queen and eights, king queen suited and eights. I think some people have flat sixes, but I mean, uh, king, king uh, queen and eights, whatever. Four, <laughs> just call it a half. Uh, just go to five combos five. of value. Okay. Um, so then we're like trying to find the bluff combos. Tell me about um, trying to find the bluff combos on this spot when you get jammed on. It's, by the way, your pot odds um, looks like you're you're calling six seventy six to win. I can't. I don't know how much because they just jammed a a ton. Um, it's saying two to one though. Yeah, I think like their bluff combos could honestly. I mean, it sort of feels like a spot where you know, like how you say like versus a fish. Like, don't bother thinking about like their bluff combinations because we just like. They're they're gonna have like such a wide bluffing range. I think like facing this line, the the check 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 jam on the river. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see anything that flats the three bet three flop that isn't like a great hand. If I had to like pick like the best bluff combos, what would they be? Uh, maybe like queen jack suited, queen jack suited. I think ace queen. Yeah, I'd ace queen is like, pretty good. Yeah, the three ace queens that have back doors. So ace queen of diamonds, clubs, and spades. They only oh. have two of those available. Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're going to find some like unnatural bluffs. And it kind of, we right. kind of alluded to it before when we were talking about the combinatorics of the situation and how they don't have just a, a lot of combos to work with. And so, it, you know, I know the result of this hand, but I, uh, in review, I was pretty happy about just calling the river. And they had a hand that I think makes a lot of sense for this specific situation. Uh, and it's just like, so let's just do the reveal because, uh, you know, we can talk about it. You, you do end up calling because apparently you had thought about what to do before you bet, which is nice. Who knew that's a good thing to do when you're playing poker? Yeah. Who, who knew, <laughs> um, to be prepared for something, yeah. uh, villain has tens, which, you know, this is one of the bottom hand bottom, <laughs> one of the worst hands they have here. Uh, I think nines and tens are probably the worst hands that they show up on the river with um, to go along with their ace queen suited. So again, you got very few combos to work with. They just chose kind of the worst hands. One of the worst hands they show up here to check raise all in. Um, I assume that the reason why they opted to check raise all in was they thought this bet check bat line would be under bluffed and that their tens just didn't have enough equity to to call the river. Yeah, for sure. Which makes me, I mean, that I should take that info and then like maybe not take this line for value anymore like what like how, how should i perceive that info um i think a key is this villain likely expected your bluffs to bet the turn honestly that's yeah. that's how that's how i would interpret it right like if they feel like tens is not valuable yeah. enough to just call the river then they have to think that you're betting your like ace queens on the turn. And so when you check back, you've just got more like um, hands 
like you have, like aces, queens, jacks mm-hmm. that are now thin value betting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I should just be going bet, bet, bet with, you know, even slightly thinner value than, you know, ace, king and king, queen and king, jack or whatever. It's really strong hands that I have on, uh, on this board. Well, you still somehow managed to get all the money in against tens. So it didn't like, <laughs> I got to count on them turning tens into a bluff on the river. Yeah. I think for what it's worth, I don't really love them doing this, but yeah, it's not unexpected, I guess, for the situation. How do we bluff these guys then? If like we can't go bet, check, bet, and we can't go bet, bet, bet. Like <laughs> what's the way to like get them to fold? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, what a, what a complicated question to ask, right? As we're about to move into the next segment. I mean, like, yeah, it, you're, you're bluffing them if, I mean, if they're calling with all their hands, then that, see, like, okay, so this is a problem. They're calling with most of their range because they have very few combos pre-flop, so they feel the need to over-defend post-flop. Which, so basically, like, you, you're not bluffing them. We should not bluff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because they're over-calling, so like, we right, should right, be right. under-bluffing if they're they're going to over-call. Yeah. I think that's the adjustment. If they overfold, because they start with very few combos, they start folding like queens and jacks. Then we should just bluff like madmen, right? Right, right. <laughs> oh my god. Well, good luck getting me to check down queen jack suited or whatever on the turn and river because they don't fold. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what I have to do though. I mean, that's... if they're not full like but we can't make an extrapolation based on this one hand and this one villain. Like we need to sure, know sure, like sure. sort of what the population and the pool's doing and then kind of go from there. Right, more right. more than this one uh, one hand, but yeah, it's an, it's a compelling question. And, um, I'll let the CPG podcast and YouTube listeners and watchers ponder that question during the break. And we're about to move to another hand where John is once again, putting on his catcher's mitt and trying to catch a bluff. Stick around after the break. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do. One man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle. Rated R. All right. Hope you have your catcher's mitt on. Locked, loaded, ready to rock because, John, you're going to be trying to catch another bluff here. Oh, I, d- I definitely have it on. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever not have it on? Like, do you go anywhere without your catcher's mitt when you're playing poker? I don't know. I try not to start a session without my catcher's mitt nearby. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why I tweeted a while back that, like, um, the best poker players have very little trust or faith in their fellow man because like we just you just don't believe anything that they do you know like where's the lie in in your story here in the way that you played this hand um, no, this one it's going to be hard to find the lie or <laughs> in this one but we'll uh we'll go through it anyways maybe someone can help me understand well, why i should not have put my catcher's mitt on well they say you know the best lies have uh, a lot of truth mixed in there so maybe maybe that's a good reason yeah, um, hopefully they do have enough truth mixed in to make this call not <laughs> terrible. Um, so, all right. I open middle position, pocket nines, black nines, nine of spades, nine of clubs, uh, the big blind, 
Don't really know much about him. Only have 23 hands on him, but seems reasonable. His three bet size is also reasonable. He does three bet to $104. And I call with the nines. The flop is 10 10 deuce with two hearts, $213 in the pot. Uh, the big blind C bets for just under a third. And I don't think I have much choice here but to call. Yeah, it looks like they got their 30% pot button programmed in and now now they're giving us the 60 yep and another i don't know follows up with a big bet on the turn um the turn is the 10 of diamonds so now the board is 10 deuce 10 10 i probably um, ruined you in the, these spots with our breakdown from the other day like when i'm just like oh trips on the turn cool yeah. i got all i got all the best hands let's go god damn it now i just have to call down with everything <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if everybody does that or just me but if I had ace king, I would just bomb off and I would also bomb off with like aces kings as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe this, I mean, this hand definitely did happen after, you know, after we went over this hand. And now maybe I'm just like overly paranoid that like everyone does what you do and I'm overfolding. But I mean, whatever. Nines, like this is not overfolding or I mean, this is not like overcalling. I think nines is just, <laughs> I think I have to call nines on the turn. Maybe not. Um, I think you have to. I think you have to, but I would. I'm not feeling good about it. I mean, yeah, I like, don't know. I mean, once fill in sort of three bets from the big blind versus middle position, this is very tight formation, and they've got. It, they, they don't have a ton of combos, and they're going to have all 24 of the best combos. So, yeah. like, that becomes problematic when a large percentage of their range are all the hands that beat you and they most likely all play in this way. It's hard to find the bluffs. It's, it's an interesting spot, actually, where like every single hand that I have that isn't quads is a bluff catcher. I have queens, which is like the best pair that I'd have in this spot. That's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not like jumping for joy, putting, you know, putting the rest of my stack in. Same thing with jacks and, you know, nines is obviously hey. worse than those two hands. Another good reason for flatting aces preflop. Mm. No, that's a good point. <laughs> We're just going to keep breaking these hands down. Like you're never going to four bet aces again after tactical Tuesday. Like, <laughs> if you have aces, well, again, that makes it your life a little bit easier here because then you have at least six combos of hands that are pretty easy to play. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, hmm. Okay. Now I'm leaning more into the flat aces camp. But. Okay, so, and this is like a, I'm going to throw a wrench in, in this to poke a hole. Like, with aces specifically, you know, this board paired dynamic is like the lowest frequency board type of them all. It's like a yeah. 5%, 5% uh, flop texture type. And, yeah. and the tripping on the turn is also very low percentage as well. So, like, getting in this exact spot with, for, like, a trips board is not going to happen that often. Um, congratulations, you know, it's like a 5%, 5%, uh, flop texture followed by whatever this is. Like there's two tens left, um, in the deck. So very low percentage turn as well. I have a hunch though, that what, if I did start flatting aces in spots where I normally four bet them, I would start running into lots of situations where I'm like, thank God I have aces here. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, yeah. I, I've kind of thought this for a while now, especially in an anonymous pool that like, just having aces in your range makes this spot so much easier to play because you're like, yeah. oh, cool, like I can call down with aces. I know that much. So you, you feel less bad folding jacks or nines um, right. at one right. of these nodes. 
Because yeah. you start folding jacks and nines, you're and you don't have aces in your range. Well, congratulations! Now you're just folding your whole range except quads, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I go ahead and call the two thirds on the turn. Eight hundred sixteen dollars uh, in the pot on the river. The river is the nine of diamonds. So you made a cool. Yeah, woo, yeah, we made a we we hit us hit a set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for the the podcast listener, I guess uh, both the big blind and I started the hand with 100 big blinds. We have just under $600 left on the river in both of our stacks, and the big blind puts it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big blind puts it in, and then you I put my catcher's mitt on and. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. You're like like the little kid with the pillow, like catching hundred mile an hour rocket from his dad. Um, let's go, let's go, dad. And I got bowled over this time, <laughs> <laughs> and you got destroyed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that like theoretically. I don't know. <laughs> this is such a, this such is, a bad, this is bad situation. Like, in like Pio the, Land, like the nines is just a pure call on the river. Um, sure. If you're going to fold nines anywhere, it's like fold a sliver on the, on the turn. Um, yeah. But once you call the turn, you just, you're committed. <laughs> right. Um, which becomes problematic if villains are not bluffing at the frequency that Pio wants villains to be bluffing with here on the river. Like if they stop bluffing, then it becomes less good to just call down with the nines. So yeah, I mean the way like, so the way that I've kind of come around thinking about these spots is like I said before, they have like, they've got 24 combos of hands that we know most likely they're doing this with bet, bet jam, like on an absolute basis. I mean, maybe they check some with their like aces and Kings or aces, aces most likely I think to check. Um, But at what point on the turn? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe the turn. Actually, no, the aces. The flop, the flop would be possibly the point to check. Right, I right. I agree. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that like they're probably just betting their overpairs almost on an absolute basis, and so the natural bluffs that they have are. Does Ace King do this? I, I don't know. Like I think I do this with Ace King, yeah. But you do this with way more than Ace King, right? You do this with every single hand that you three bet. That is not. I mean, you would do this with your whole range, actually, right? Yeah, yeah. but I'm I'm over bluffing because I think villains are overfolding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's ironic, given that you know I'm just just put it in with nines. Well, yeah, you folded though when I had the bluff on the trips board. Yeah, but that was like you know that was a different. I had a really bad pair. That's a good question. I mean, like, what's the threshold for calling down in this spot? Like, you know, should I just or should I just treat sevens like the same as every other pair? It depends. I mean, it depends on villain strategy, right? Like, it depends on how often villains bluffing, like what their frequencies are. I mean, if they're over bluffing or under bluffing, and I think it's like really easy to under bluff in this spot because they have such a high availability of good hands, like right. on right. a ten high board specifically. Like, if it's like a queen high board or a king high board, then they have like lesser availability because a uh, king high board, you know, they have like ace king and aces, but they don't have queens, jacks, uh, queens or jacks. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I also like, think it's very possible that like villains will be under bluffing on this like kind of innocuous looking river where it's like, okay, man, I called your two thirds on the turn. I probably have a boat or quads. Like, are you really trying to get me to fold a boat or quads on, you know, on a river that like doesn't really look, it's probably not very scary to me. Like, yeah, I think that's too, a, like that's a reason to fold. I think the turn is kind of, it's worth talking about that villain uses this sizing on the, on the turn. Because I think they do have other options. You know, they could go smaller, like on this trip's turn, to set up a bigger jam on the river. But they choose to like go for two thirds. Yeah, and like to comfortably get stacks in on the river size. Yeah, it's like this is a. I mean, it's a three easy installment plan of like, cool, like uh, we're giving you a easy installment here, and then the river, you're gonna have another great price. Congratulations, <laughs> you're the winner of this promotion. Um, minus one thousand dollar promotion. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just saying, like they could bet one third and then overbet Rip Rivers, and that's like uh, a more threatening right. bluff line, I think. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. I guess you you tell me. What's your gut instinct? Are they over bluffing here? Or are they under bluffing? I've been ruined by talking to you. So, <laughs> okay, my gut instinct is that on the nine, once I call the turn and the river is not like some over card, like not some Broadway card that would be scary to like a lot of my boats, that they are under bluffing and that I probably should be folding this river. I, I, I probably should just be folding this river. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I wonder Weird. like am like, I'm like happier to happier to bluff catch when the river's like a king? Like <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably an, just, an, like, an ace is probably funny. an ace is probably like a really good one. Right, yeah. Although how many like ace axes do we really have? Like if you have queens here from villain's perspective, I would just jam the river for value. Like yeah. what ace, what ace high are you calling down with, buddy? I mean <laughs> like ace high flush draw and i'm like yeah well hope i make a flush on the river after, after <laughs> right like trips on the turn yeah so i don't think an ace really effectively changes much i don't think a king really changes much a queen i guess might change something because maybe we do call down with like ace queen high sometimes yeah yeah it's like one of our one of our call downs yeah um, i think that's a reasonable bluff catch i mean not on the river but at least on the turn for sure well we like the difference between nines and ace queen is that ace queen blocks aces and queens. So like, and nines doesn't. Right. So I mean, it, it's good to remove those six combos at least. Yeah, I I thought about that like sort of logic too. Um, but then it's like I sort of want them to have those overcards as their bluffs. Like I want them to bluff their ace kings and their king queens and their queen jacks. And like you know, is it like kind of neutral in that sense that like I'm sort of blocking their value and their bluffs when I have queens and jacks? And I'm not sure. I would rather bluff block their value than their bluffs. I think it's more important to block their value than their bluffs here. Yeah. In that case, I mean, like, I'll, I'll definitely have, like, ace-king offsuit in the spot. Like, that'll be one of the hands that I just have a lot of. And, like, maybe that's, like, a... Maybe that's, like, honestly, a preferred bluff catcher over nines. Yeah. It's a it's not a fun spot. Just flat no. aces pre. Just never raise pre-flop with aces. This is the takeaway from oh, man. this Tactical Tuesday. Got to send out a bunch of people that never raise pre-flop with aces. Yeah. We're going to get a bunch of angry comments about people who like got their aces cracked by like 6-5 suited and like, "Yeah, you told me not to four bet." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you nothing. This is this is consume this advice at your own peril. Um So yeah, I mean, I I think the rivers a fold. And just 
looking at the population, I, I think that like when my snap judgment on this hand was like, I think this one is a fold. Yeah. Uh, but again, but I made I, a set. you did make a set. I mean, you did make a set and nothing changed, but here's another thing before we close down shop. And this is like a little bit more touchy feely that, you know, Nick Howard would reprimand me for suggesting, but one thing that I've been really good at in my poker career is imagining how somebody would feel to pull the trigger on bluffs in specific spots. So like, do you think villain would feel good or bad about jamming on this river specifically in, in this spot with a bluff? Yeah. With a bluff bad. So if villain feels bad, I think they're less likely to bluff just in general Yes, because I mean, when everything misses and the board remains static and you've got a bluff, it feels bad putting that last bet in because you know, like, okay, um, they didn't fold the turn, nothing changed. So I'm really hoping they fold the river here uh, and people just don't typically fold the river. Right. Right. As seen in this hand, we should just give them, give the audience the reveal. And I know that that's a little touchy feely and like kind of hard to quantify and we can't like prove the data point um, beyond a shadow of a doubt that like villain feels bad in this spot, therefore is less likely to bluff. But I do think it has an impact on bluffing frequencies. Oh. You think Jax is thin? Um, eh, what else are they going to do? Yeah, that's a good point. Trap? I don't know. <laughs> Trap what? <laughs> like your range <laughs> is all bluff catchers at this point, And like they actually, they, they probably beat most of your bluff catchers. Like you don't have aces. So they beat Queens and maybe you four bet King. So they like, don't beat Queens. Yeah. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I see. Okay. 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 You yeah, have yeah. like nines, eight, sevens yeah. here as well. Right. So like they beat everything that you have besides quads and in their queens. mind, Queens. Yeah. So I think it's probably just a fine. I mean, they played it the whole way. Like they knew exactly what they were doing. They set up stacks perfectly to jam the river. So yeah. I don't think it's that thin <laughs> because yeah, that's a good point. they had a pretty good, uh, pretty good um, outline okay. of the situation in their head. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So if I just had to like state the logic for myself, it's like with Jack's here, you're getting stacked by all the better hands anyways, even if you check. And if you do check, you're not stacking like the pocket nines, which I would obviously check back. And so it's important to at least stack like the sevens, eights, nines, and maybe if I bluff catch with ace king and whatever, get stacked by queens and 10x anyway. So that just, that's a wash. And you want to so, make sure you, you get the money in versus the, the hands that you do beat. Yeah, let me say it a little more simply than that. When villain's range is comprised of mostly bluff catchers, you don't want to check to induce. Gotcha. Yeah. Like with your value, right? right. Like you just don't want to check to induce with your value. Um, All right. This is a fun watching you win a stack and lose a stack here and end up even for this tactical Tuesday. Uh, I think it's, this is a good, really good episode and, um, anybody that wants to hop into greatness village, check out greatnessvillage.com. hop in the Slack community where me and John live and the rest of the villagers going on 400, 400 members in there. Now Ooh. it's, it's ramming and jamming. Um, so hop on the CPG newsletter at greatnessvillage.com. Get access to the village. I'll see you on the inside. And John, what are, what are the listeners going to do next week? Yes, again. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. 